Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Bad thing, it's a good thing. It's just simply God pulling on your heart to say, come on and let's get closer. Amen. Amen. How many of you like getting a little closer? Come on. You know, there's times, you know, where, you know, you know, you, you got that just loving feeling on the inside. And you say, baby, come on, get a little closer, right? You know what I'm talking about. I don't let you mind go getting in the gutter now. I'm just saying, come on, get a little closer. Well, God's saying the same thing to us. He says he wants us to come and get closer. Amen. Amen. And so we're going to conclude our series this morning called Shift, uh, talking about a new year, a new you, and a new church. Today's talking about the church. Let me say it again. It's a new year, a new you, and a New church, man. God wants us to begin to experience some new things. Amen. And so I'm so glad that you're here. I'm excited about what God's doing. And I'm excited about this season that we're in and that God is taking us through. I'm excited that I have the opportunity to lead you in this season that we're in. And you realize that when it comes to church, church as a whole, there are seasons that the church goes through. And those seasons that we go through in a church kind of are an ebb and flow. But where we're at in the church age, if you will, God is taking us into a season of where he's saying, I want you to come closer. Amen. And then when it comes to just us as a church, there are different seasons in our church where there's times where we serve. There's times where we do life together, where we're just laughing and having fun. And then there's those seasons in life where God is saying to us as a church, just come closer. Do you remember Jesus? He was he was uh, sitting there on the the, the, the the lakeside and he just said, or he brought everybody close to him and just said, I wanted to speak to you. I just want to uh, speak in and pour into your life. Well, that's what God's doing to us and doing with us right now. He's saying, I want you to just come a little bit closer. And that's the season that we're in. Aren't you glad? Yes. Have you been feeling that? Yes. Now, as I said, uh, as a church, we tend to go through different seasons where we purpose to grow a little bit closer or pull closer to God. If you remember, uh, this start of the school year, uh, uh, back in August or really September, I guess it was, we started what we called our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Remember that? And that was a season, if you will, just to kind of recharge, regroup, restart, refuel after coming out of a summer where you're just kind of getting, you know, lackadaisical, going on vacation. And so those 21 days of prayer and fasting really just gave us an opportunity to begin to draw close. And so right now we're still in that season. Now let me just give you a heads up as to what's coming down the road. Uh, obviously Easter's coming up real soon, right? Just really a matter of a few weeks away. And so what I'm uh, just really feeling compelled to do is that we're going to purpose to have 21 days of prayer and fasting before Easter. And one of the things that we've never done before, now this is one of those things where I realize we're, we're purposing to grow and we're expecting God to do some awesome things. That on those 21 days of prayer and fasting preceding Easter, we're going to open up the church in the morning. And we're just going to have an hour of prayer.
preceding. So there's going to be 21 days or basically three weeks, if you will, Monday through Friday, where we just come. Maybe it's coming before work. Maybe it's just uh, whatever your day is getting started. We're just going to come and we're just going to have a corporate time of prayer. And maybe you've never been in a corporate time of prayer. But, man, I'm telling you what, when we start praying together and seeking God's face, God starts moving. And I'm expecting that in this season that God's drawing us closer is going to keep us into a position where we propel forward and really begin to reach out to people. You realize that God wants us to grow in our relationship with him so that people can look at you and see the saturation, right? We talked about that earlier. See God saturating you and just loving you and blessing you in your life. So those things are coming up. Now, I've got to just admit to you that there was some things that I purposed to minister on this morning. And uh, I don't know how it's all going to just fit in this morning. But as I was getting ready, God just kind of started messing me up and just said he wanted me to share some different things. And so uh, we're going to endeavor just to kind of fly by the seat of our pants. Not really so much by the seat of our pants, but just really purposing to let God lead us and direct us in some areas. So, you know, if if you will, go ahead and turn in your Bibles for the sake of getting there. Uh, Acts chapter 2. It's going to be some time, but at least you can put a marker in your Bible and we'll get there. Amen. So we said that concerning this year that God is causing us or he's stirring about a shift on the inside. And you might say, what does that mean? Simply by definition, the word shift is this, to move or cause to move from one place to another, especially over a small distance. Everybody say small distance. It's especially over a small distance, a slight change in position, direction, or tendency. And so God's desire for us is to make some subtle adjustments and alignments in our lives that will cause us to grow closer to Him. And so oftentimes in our life, we look at life, especially at the beginning of the year, as that I've got to make some major changes in my life. And when we look at the changes that seem to be so big, we become paralyzed because it seems like it is just too big. Have you ever saw some things in your life that seem like mountains? I know that I have. And I'm so irritated and so frustrated. And I'm looking at that mountain in my life and I want it to be gone. But it seems so big that you just stand there looking at it being paralyzed. Do you know what I mean? It's like I don't even know where to begin. But if we'll purpose to take a step toward it, one step at a time, one chip away at a time, eventually, chip after chip after chip, we will knock the mountain down. It's not the big explosion. It's the subtle shift that gets us where we want to be. Amen? And so God's desiring for us to make some alignments and some shifts in our life. Not that would be so difficult, but just subtle things that would get us more in line with Him that's drawing us closer. Now, for the sake of just giving some examples that would help us understand just how slight shifts makes a huge difference, uh, I want to bring your attention to just some natural things, if you will, to draw the parallel. Now, maybe... Uh, some of you like to be outside in the, the summer months. You know, I've got a fire pit out in the back of my house. And so oftentimes we'll go out in the back, uh, light up a fire, and we'll bring the chairs around the fire. And we just hang out, cook s'mores and do whatever, just hang out with the kids. And you know that as the summer night starts to uh, darken, it starts to get a little bit cooler, a little bit damper, right? And so you might have found yourself at one point in time sitting back a little bit further away from the fire, But as the night has gotten colder, you pull your chair up just 12 inches maybe to get closer to the fire. And what do you pull it up a little bit closer for? 
to feel the difference of the warmth. You didn't move your chair to where you were right up on top of the fire. You just made a subtle shift or pulled it up a matter of a few inches and you begin to sense and feel the difference of how you felt, right? In the warmth of the fire. Now, maybe you're not an outside person. I'm trusting that you took a shower this morning. Turn to your neighbor and say, thanks for taking a shower. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I wish you would have. <laughs> so I'm assuming you took a shower this morning. And I'm assuming that you all took a warm shower this morning. Now, I don't know if your shower's like mine. I just have a one knob deal in my shower. Now, I've taken a shower so often in, in our shower that you just kind of know where to dial it in. You know what I'm talking about? You know, you, you reach in and you dial it in before you even get into the shower. But if I didn't dial it in quite correctly as I get in there, and it's not as warm as I want, I just tweak that handle just a little bit. I mean, it just actually kind of just squeaks a little bit, and that's all I needed. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know that when you purpose to turn up the shower in your, in your, uh, in your home, you don't crank it up really exaggerated like because you want it to be warmer, do you? No, if you did that, you would scold yourself. You just make a subtle shift in the handle to feel warmer, right? Are you, are you seeing the difference? Just a slight shift makes a huge difference. Now, I will say this. When I go to turn it on, I, I just make a subtle shift. But when I go to turn it off, it's real fast. <laughs> you know why I do that? Because going down, it gets cold and I don't want to get... Yeah. Anyways. Well, anyways, you know what I'm talking about. So... <laughs> Well, whatever. That's my house. So, again, giving you a couple more examples. If you're driving down the road, now I tend to have a little bit of a lead foot. Again, I'm just acknowledging that before all of you, before God and before you. I tend to have a little bit of a heavy foot. And I, and I don't like to get around slow people or get behind slow people. But if I'm driving down the road and I'm going 65 miles an hour, I, I, typically my speed is anywhere from 75 to 80. Okay, Don't judge me. I'm just saying that's where I'm at. But do you know that if I'm driving down the road and I'm going 65 miles an hour, I don't slam my foot to the floor to get up to 80, do I? You just make a subtle... <laughs> well, that's you. <laughs> Let's look at your record. <laughs> All right. You just basically step on the gas pedal just a little bit. And just that little bit of acceleration gets you up to speed, right? You don't have to be exaggerated. It's just a subtle shift that gets you going faster and the, the speed that you want to be. And then lastly, you know, if you're in the radio, in fact, well, rather than using a radio, I'll use my television. You know, in, in my house, uh, I've got three kids and I don't have a real big house. I've got three kids and a little dog and so it can get noisy at times. But there is a standard by which I set my volume on my TV. I got my remote and I turn it on and typically I turn it up to the number 20 on my television, right? You know what I'm talking about? And that is typically the volume that I have on my television. But when the kids get a little bit rambunctious and it gets a little bit noisy, well then I'll get the remote and I bump it up to 25, and that typically is where I need it so where I can hear it or it's above the noise. But you realize I don't just slam down the button and turn it up to 60. Because then it blasts out the house. I'm saying subtle shifts make a huge difference. Are you seeing the examples now? With God, God is not expecting us to make these huge monumental changes in our life. He's saying, I just want you to make a subtle shift and it will have a huge impact in your life. Are you ready to make some shifts? 
I know God has been purposing to stir every single one of us to make some shifts, to make some subtle alignments. And we said that in those shifts, it creates friction. And the reason that it causes friction is because in those shifts, God is saying, I want you to adjust your priorities. Right? And whenever He begins to stir your heart to adjust priorities, there's a rub. There's friction. I'll be the first one to tell you, I don't like getting up real early sometimes when the Lord knocks on my shoulder and says, why don't you get up and pray? Have you ever had God wake you up at 3 o'clock in the morning and say, why don't you come talk to me? Well, you know, I love it when God says, I want to talk to you. It just blesses my heart. But it's like, God, could you not let me get a whole night sleeping first? Right? And so again, God's desire for us to make some subtle shifts. But there is going to be friction. Now, you might say, well, how is it that I set priorities? How do I begin to adjust those priorities in my life? We've got to ask a question. In order for us to begin to identify where our priorities are, we've got to ask this question. And the question is this. What do I worship? What do I worship? Now, everybody worships something. I said, everybody worships something, and you don't even have to be a Christian to worship. The reason being is because God made you to worship, and therefore, because of the way that we're designed, we are just creatures of of habit or out of the design of God. And so there is something that is going to take our time. There is something that is going to get our adoration. There is something that we are going to give our love to. And there is something that you will worship. Are you tracking with me? Now, it may not be in the form of clapping or singing or raising my hands. But there is something that I'm going to give my attention to. There is something that I'm going to worship. Well, what is worship? Worship is simply defined like this. It is the response of what I value the most. My worship is what I value the most. So let's ask the question, what do I value the most? It might be your money. It might be your house. It might be your career. It might be your hobbies. It might be your shopping. It might be your sports. It might be your addictions or habits, right? Every single one of us have things that we are putting on the list of what we value the most. It's what we have on our mind It's what takes up our time. It's what we actually adore. Now, let me just help you out with this. Because God doesn't mind for us to adore things or enjoy things. He just don't want us to adore the things above Him. Are you tracking with me? I'm glad because I enjoy golf. And golf oftentimes is on my mind. Even in the winter months, I'm thinking, boy, I could work on my swing. I'm thinking about it. But God don't mind me playing golf. But if my golf started consuming me to the point where it's like, well, you know what? Jordan's got it this morning because I'm going to be on the golf course. Jordan's like, (laughs) we're going to be singing all hour long, praise the Lord. (laughs) So once again, God doesn't mind us if we have things that we adore or that we really enjoy. He just doesn't want it to be above him. So, we need to ask the question, what is at the top of my list? Now, when I say, what's at the top of my list, I don't mean is, what 
is towards the top or is God towards the top? Are you tracking with me? God doesn't want to be just toward the top. He wants to be at the top. I said, God wants to be at the top of our list or at the top of our priorities list. And what you worship, you will become obsessed with. What you become obsessed with, you'll begin to imitate. And what you imitate, you'll become. And so once again, God wants us to be addicted and obsessed with Him. Are you tracking with me this morning? God just wants us. And there's a shift that God is simply saying, I want you to come closer. I want you to come closer. And we've really got to begin to identify and be honest with that question itself is, what do I worship? Because if I'm not honest with myself to say, what's at the top of my priority list? What am I truly worshiping? If I'm not honest with myself with that, I'll always look to external things to fix the frustration in my life. When God says, if you'll put me at the top of the priority list, you'll fix that scratching and the friction on the inside. And it will fix and align the externals. But until we're honest about what we worship, we'll try to fix it by making change externally. Hoping that the pain or the friction on the inside or the frustration goes away. And God is saying, will you purpose to make me a priority? Will you come closer? Now, I began this series by giving you an example. In week number one, I shared with you the story or I I gave you the, the example of a tsunami. And in the recent years, we're probably more familiar with what a tsunami is just because of Just the historical events that have taken place around the the world. But a tsunami is basically a series of large waves that come inland as a result of an earthquake that took place underneath the ocean floor. Right? And as a result of that earthquake that's taking place, it causes waves to come inland. And actually those waves are extremely destructive. Now, in that earthquake... You've got to also understand what an earthquake is. It is the earth's plates that are making shifts. And because they are rubbing or having friction upon one another, that's what causes the earth to shake. If they just glided real easy, there wouldn't be any shaking. But it's because of the shift of the plates that it's causing friction. And through that friction, it is causing the waves of a tsunami to come and be destructive To the land. Right? And so, in a spiritual parallel, if you will, there is a shift that is taking place in the unseen areas of our hearts and in our lives. And it's causing friction. And it's producing waves in our life. And there is a friction just in this earth... And what that wave or what that friction is doing is producing waves of God's presence and God's desire to come and know His people. If I could put it this way, there's a tsunami that's coming and it's called the Holy Spirit. Amen. And here's the thing. It's already started to come. And, and if I can give you another example, again, sometimes, you know, giving natural examples, it helps you see things a little bit better on a spiritual perspective. But if you've ever been a kid or maybe you still go out to the beach and you're there on the shore or on the beach playing in the water. And if you can think of that boat that that is out in the water a little bit or the skier that comes flying by or the jet skier or whatever it might be. There's a wake that's behind that boat, right? And that wake starts to come inland 
from what was made by that boat. Now, that boat doesn't throw a huge wave right off the bat and come crashing down into the shore. No, as that wake starts getting closer to the shoreline, it starts out by little waves and little waves get bigger till the big waves actually come. And that's what's happening in this shift right now. You're sensing that pull. And what that pull is, is God's waves of His presence. When you come to church, just like this morning, you can say, wow, man, God, God showed up this morning. Our Wednesday nights, man, God is showing up. Why? Because God's saying, come closer. And we're beginning to experience the waves of God's presence. And God is wanting to become more real and more real. And they're becoming stronger and bigger because God wants us to draw closer and experience Him. Amen? Amen. Now, when you think about it from the standpoint of a tsunami, and those waves come inland, we know that typically, or just through our, our, our history of seeing what takes place, when those waves come inland, they're very destructive to what man has built, right? And here's the thing. When God begins to make a shift and begins to draw us closer, it is never to our detriment, but it's for our betterment. It's never for our pain, but it's for our gain. But there's things about our lives that we have built up and that we have held on to and that have become very deeply rooted. And it only becomes... Painful, if you will, or the friction that we experience is that when God begins to move, He's saying, Come closer. And at the same time, He's saying, Let go of those things that you've built up in your life. But when I have a death grip on those things, God, I'm not going to let it go. God, I've worked too hard for this. God, don't ask me for money in church because I've worked too hard for this. It becomes painful when God is saying, Come closer, but I don't want to let go of it. Does it make sense? When God is saying, Will you give me some of your time? But you keep holding on to your time. It becomes painful. When God says, why don't you come to church on Wednesday night? And you're like, but God, I got a good program I like to watch. You'll sit there and you'll watch that program and just be in torment. Oh, gosh, I'm not enjoying my program. Well, maybe if I go get something to eat while I watch my program, it'll make me feel better. But no, it don't make me feel better. Well, then maybe I better go get some ice cream and I'm stuffing my face. It's like I'm not feeling satisfied. Why am I not satisfied? It's because there's been a pull on the inside of you. But you've been holding on to man-made things when God says, let go of those things and just come close. Are you here this morning? God wants us to come close to know Him. And these waves that I'm talking about is really just the moving and the stirring of the Holy Spirit. God says that He wants to pour out His Spirit in these last days. He wants to become more real. He wants to know you personally. He wants to be involved and invested in your life. We said that when it comes to this shift in our personal life, what God is doing is saying, will you judge yourself? Will you take personal inventory? Will you begin to prioritize some things in your personal life? Now, when we talk about judgment, it's not a bad thing. Judgment was always made for the sake of drawing God or drawing people closer to God. Right? Okay, so let me just kind of give you some things here. When we begin to see the Holy Spirit moving. If you remember at the very beginning of creation... When God started to assemble everything, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit moved on the face of the water. 
So in the very beginning of creation, the Holy Spirit was moving. And it's interesting that he says that he moved on the face of the water. You know, when you talk about the water or rivers or uh, just, or I should say, uh, water or sea or oceans in the Word of God, many times it's referring to people. And so God's moving for the sake of people. But we also know that God's people fell, right? And if you remember, there was a time where it got so wicked that he told a man by the name of Noah to build an ark. Now, there's a lot of parallels in that area. One, Noah being a a pastor. Two, Noah also being a savior. The ark being a house of God or a refuge. But then the rain came and the floods came. And we could say it came in the form of judgment, judging mankind's wickedness. But really, the moving of the Spirit of God where the rains began to fall was really the move of God in His love towards humanity. Because everything about that flood was not to curse and judge man for their failures or for their sins, but it was to position man so that the world would not be so wicked, but man could be restored back to God. Are you seeing that? It's important that we see that correctly because, again, that flood didn't come for the sake of slapping people upside the head. It was saying, I love my people and I need a people that will have a relationship with me. So he said, let's begin to start over. Let's clean up some things. Let's make some adjustments so people can draw close. And then the Bible says that God began to move again. And the Holy Spirit began to move again. And the Bible says that Jesus came. Why did Jesus come? So that people could draw closer. So that we could be free from the sin. But then the Bible says that God said that through Jesus, He would restore fellowship and He would give us the Holy Spirit to have a personal relationship with. And He says in Acts chapter 2, you're there already. You've been waiting for a good while, haven't you? All right. You already closed your Bible. I told you we were going to be there for a while. All right. So Acts chapter 2, verse 17, it says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my Spirit on all flesh. And this was the beginning, and this was the birth of the church. But notice what he says. He says, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. So what does that mean? There's a flood that's coming. There's a wave that was coming. That anybody... That had ears to hear. Says, I'll saturate them. I'll get them. I'll draw them close. But then God has also said this. That there is a former and a latter rain that's coming. He says, in that latter rain, he says, I'm going to pour my spirit out. The water's coming. The flood's coming. The wave's coming. And it's all about positioning people to draw close to God. Now, if I can, let me just draw your attention here. Like I said, this is going to be one of those things where we're going to just wrap this up, but trust God to help us. In John's Gospel, if you will turn to John, let's go to John chapter chapter 1. If you ever wanted to know who Jesus was, Really what he came to do 
what He came to do in and through you, the book of John will help you really begin to understand who Jesus is. But in John chapter 1, verse 9, what is this whole shift about to draw you closer? The friction that you feel, what is it for? There's some things that I saw here just in the past couple weeks as I was reading in the book of John. In verse 9 it says, concerning Jesus, it says, That was the true light that was given light to every man coming into the world. So the Bible says that Jesus is the light. What does light help you do? It helps you see. Now, if you remember John the Baptist, John the Baptist was the cousin of Jesus. And in verse 33, it says this. Let's go up to verse 32. Speaking of John the Baptist, it says, John bore witness saying, I saw the Spirit descend, upon, descend from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. Verse 33 says, I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descend, and remaining on him, this is he who baptized with the Holy Spirit. He was speaking of Jesus. Now, I find this really interesting just because I relate it to my own personal life. Did any of you grow up being very close with cousins? I was real close with one specific cousin of mine, and we were very competitive. In fact, competitive to the point where, you know, we just kind of wrestled and fought around, and my dad always said, oh, you know, he always just whoops on you. And I'm like, he has never once whooped on me. I've... And it just seems like at the most inopportune time, dad always saw him kind of just getting the better of me. He's like, yeah, see, I told you, he just whoops you. I'm like, he's not whooping me. I tell you, he cannot whoop me. And to the point where I just, I went out of my way to whoop him. And I just, still, dad never saw it. And so, but my point is this, is that with my cousin, I was always competitive. And so, John the Baptist, as what we call him, John and Jesus were extremely close. But the Bible says upon this day. See, John the Baptist was baptizing people. He was the forerunner for Jesus. He was saying, one's coming, one's coming, one's coming. And then one day he was able to see. And who he saw was Jesus, his cousin. And in front of everybody, he said, this is the one I've been talking about. And did you notice what it says here in verse 33? It says, I did not know him. Meaning what? This was my cousin, but I didn't know it all this time until now. When the Spirit of God comes and begins to move, what do we begin to do? We begin to see Him. As we continue to read here in John chapter 1, His disciples were coming to Him, and in verse 38, says, Jesus turned and seeing them follow and said to them, What do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, which is to mean or translates as teacher, Where are you staying? And he said to them, Come and see. God is continually saying to you, Come and see. Come and see. If you have questions, come and see. If you want to see me move, come and see. If you want to know me more, come and see. And then the Bible says this. In John chapter 2, 
In verse 11 it says, This beginning of signs Jesus did in Canaan of Galilee and manifested His glory, and His disciples believed Him. Skipping on down to verse 22, it says, Therefore when He had risen from the dead, His disciples remembered that He had said, uh, said this to them, and they believed the Scripture and the words which Jesus had said. So what is Jesus purposing to do? What is God doing right now? What is this shift and this pull? It's to come closer and everything about us coming closer to God is to help us see, is to help us hear, to help us know, and to help us believe. If you want to know Him, just allow God to help you shift. How do you shift? Make the priorities And put God at the top of the list. As you begin to do that. You'll come to know him. You'll come to see him. You'll come to hear him. And you'll come to believe him. That's where God is leading us. Amen. Amen. God wants us to experience him like never before. We're going to talk about this a little bit more in the weeks ahead. I've got a new series that I'm going to do in just a matter of a couple of weeks. That's called Closer. You don't want to miss that one. Amen? And we'll pick up there when we get there. Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Praise God. God, you're challenging us. To make a shift. God we all feel the stirring on the inside of our hearts. Yeah there are those that will snicker. Those that will mock. And it's just a. It's just a mask that you wear. Because you feel the shift on the inside of you. You feel God saying, come closer. Don't push him away. Don't push him away. Because you don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know when your last breath will be. Don't push him away so you get to a place where you come to a place of no return. Receive him today. Say, God, I surrender. Say, God, I want to know you. God, help me make this shift in my life and make some priorities. God doesn't expect you to be perfect. God doesn't expect you to not make mistakes. He's right there to help you. And He just wants to get to know you and you Him. Will you receive His love this morning? Will you receive what He wants to do? Will you just step into the waters right now and just say, God, I trust you. I'll let myself get saturated. Whatever that looks like, whatever that means, God, I just, I surrender. God, I want to take the step towards you. Remember, it's not a big, a big shift. It's not a big change. It's just subtle. I'm just saying, okay, God, I'm ready. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you say, I'm ready for a shift. Maybe for you, you've never received Jesus into your heart. 
You've never said, God, forgive me. Jesus, become the Lord of my life. I want to give you that opportunity. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you up front. But if that's you, if you'd say, today, I feel the pull. I feel God saying, come close. And I want to do that right now. Would you just raise your hand? I see that hand. 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 Praise God. Anybody else? If you've never said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. And I want Jesus to come into my heart today. Just one last time. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? Amen. I see that hand. And maybe you're here this morning and you say, I feel the shift. I've been a Christian. I've been in church all my life and I feel the shift. I feel God pulling me and I'm trying to do my own thing to get the the friction to leave, the frustration to go. But I'm ready to surrender to God this morning and say, God, draw me close. If that's you and you say, I want to come close to God this morning, raise your hand. Oh, hands all over the place. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you should have raised your hand or you wish you would have, I'm just going to invite you to pray this prayer with me. But everybody that's here that raised your hand, let's pray this prayer together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus that you sent Him to die for my sins. He hung on the cross. He went to the grave. He arose on the third day. And I believe. God forgive me. Jesus come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Shift me now. Make my priorities you. Right now. In Jesus name. Now help me by the Holy Spirit. Give me strength. Give me help. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 God's moving. God's shifting. God's doing some awesome things. Now, if you're here for the first time and you don't have a church home, I invite you to come back here. We love to love on you and do life with you. If you don't like our church, didn't like me, didn't like my preaching, that's okay. I won't get hurt feelings. But let us know and we'll at least get you connected to a church that you would like. Because we just know that church is important and you need a church family, alright? So again, I won't be hurt if you don't come back here. I might track you down, but nevertheless. (laughs) But listen, we just love you. We appreciate you. Can't wait to do life with you. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's worship God one last time before we leave. Amen? Take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.